Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're gonna make, make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bugs. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bill Buds Popcast. Thank you so much, Arnie, for that beautiful theme song. You know what? That theme song was so good today, Arnie. Stick around. Cool? Wow. Okay, thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. Should I put Stick the instruments around. away? or uh, You might need them. Yeah, hold on. Okay. You might need them. Uh, but All hang right. out for the rest of the episode. Uh, guys, right. welcome to the Bill Buds Popcast. I, I'm, I'm one of your hosts. Um, uh, I'm JPC. With me, as always, my co-host with the Mo-host, JJO, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm fucking, you know, as good as I can be. I'm, I'm doing well. well. Sure. My hair is getting longer. Johnny, I my see hair's... that you're, you're rocking a little ponytail right now. Yeah, my hair's pretty long. I have not gotten a haircut since February. Well, speaking of long hair, we have one of the longest haired guys <laughs> uh, in the world. <laughs> I also haven't gotten a haircut since February 2016. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arnie Parrott is here. Arnie, how's it going? Yo. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. It's so I'm so excited to be here with you guys because it was so fun to do the previous episode. Uh, really excited to do this again. And also, uh, I did hear what you said where you told Tyler Davis that I didn't count as a real guest, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be bringing that energy into this episode just because that was, uh, in- that was you know, insulting, and I was... Uh, sure, just yeah. And now I can finally sort of repay that slight. Now, and how did it feel to be uh, insulted behind your back, whereas you spent an entire episode of the show getting <laughs> insulted to your face? Well, that was res- that us. was at least uh, that was respectable, and uh, that was at least you know sort of an honest, like a non-cowardly way to deal with it. Sure, you know. Um, but it's nice to know that you guys really can do both. You're very you have a lot of range between you guys. I like that you can be mm-hmm. sort of bold with your insults and also incredibly cowardly. Get you, get you a man that can do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and I got two right here in front of me. Two perfect uh, specimens. We are perfect specimens. We are t- uh, two of the most uh, cowardly men in all of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> perfect specimens is my favorite uh, sitcom. <laughs> That's like the perfect strangers on an alien homeworld. It's just perfect yeah. specimens. <laughs> well, you know, I, normally... The way that we like to run this show, Arnie, is Johnny and I will just dick around for like 20 fucking minutes up top about our days and our lives and all of that. But if you've listened to the previous episode that Arnie was on, which was our Skyjack's uh, Courier's Call. No, why did I say that? No, that's something. That's not. That's nothing. It's just our Skyjack's episode of Courier's Call is the other thing on the One Shot Patreon. Our Skyjack's episode, which Arnie guessed on because Arnie wrote an album uh, in 2020. We have having Arnie back. He is not talking about his own music. That was such a faux pas. We will never have a guest talk about their own music again. <laughs> Today we are having Arnie on to talk about an album that we've all, I assume, listened to. And that is, well, I don't know. You, the listener, may not have listened to it. That is Miley Cyrus's 2020 album, Plastic Hearts. Hell yeah. Uh- I did. I did think Arnie. I originally was under the impression that Arnie did ghostwrite this album. So I do need to change some of my notes real quick. <laughs> oh man, I, I will say that Arnie had another album in mind that he wanted to do for the show because I was like, "Hey, think of an album. You can do it on the show." And then Arnie texted me, "I really think I want to do this Miley Cyrus Plastic Hearts album." He texted me the day after Johnny and I had decided that that would be the album that we would do for a listening party for our patrons. So the first time that Johnny and I heard this album was together. 
We yeah. were d- live listening uh, on our Discord, for, uh, on our Patreon, um, with some of our very lovely patrons, getting our first impressions <laughs> live. So we'll we'll have a little bit of that energy. Uh, Arnie, how did you stumble upon this album? I think this album came out like late November 2020. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, you texted me that you were having a listening party with Johnny about this, and I had no idea that was a thing you did for fans. So I really had in headcanon, this was just like YouTube just being cute hanging out and listening to this album like just for fun i don't hate that i loved it i was like i was like that is so cool and i wanted to like see if i could like if you guys do another listening party can i get invited (laughs) i would i would love to do a listening party um yeah all you have to do is join our patreon yeah it's a a dollar a month it's whatever you can pay and you you can uh, join the listening party disgusting all right um uh well i heard about this like like i hear about all music so this is like a uh the curse of doing music for a living is that I can't listen to music while I work, right? So, like, mm. so like if I'm – back when I used to have a day job, I could sit and binge through podcasts and new albums and stuff like that. And now I actively have to be told about something to listen to. Sure. And this came to me through basically, like, three or four people at the same time. But uh, – uh, and once again, God, I can't believe I have to do this on a show she listens to. But my sister is the one who introduced this. is so embarrassing. She's becoming like the secondary supporting character on this show. I, uh, I, I don't honestly. <laughs> you talk about your sister so much, and it's always oh, in, in, in like direct direct qualifiers of like my sister introduced me to this thing. My sister made this thing better. Should we yeah. just be having your sister on Definitely. the show? Like, what, yeah, actually, what I think that's problem? a much healthier idea. She's got all the right ideas. She she like fixes stuff. I'm sort of like it's sort of a Cyrano situation where I'm just doing the things she told me to do and it's working out. Uh, so uh, yeah, I feel like we need to go to the source. We're dealing with a fucking middleman here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really you're getting sort of discount takes because the thing is, you'll be like Arnie, what you think of this track? And I'd be like, oh, and I have to send a text. <laughs> quick. I'm getting uh, it was frying. Um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so she she when when she tells me to listen to something, I generally do because we have ide- almost identical music tastes. Sure. Um, and so she told me to listen to this album. Uh, I was over at her place, and she played one of the tracks on the way back home, and it rocked. Uh, and then I just from there on out, I just started listening, and I, I binged through this album one time, and and didn't listen to it for like a week, and then came back, and I think I've been listening to it uh, like so much since, just on passively. Yeah, I will say that after the t- after the first time that I listened to this, I went back and played it for like a whole day, just kind of passively, just to just to kind of uh, let it sink in. And I was telling Johnny before the recording that normally when I listen to an album for the show, I try to like get in a zone where I'm like taking notes, I'm reading the lyrics very carefully, and I did do that for this album. But then I also just kind of let this thing play a lot. Uh, I was playing a game. Um, Arnie, maybe you've played this. You're a video game guy. Uh, they are billions. It's like a yeah, uh, the, zombie like a survival RTS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not really tower defense. It's more like base building. But but yes, it's, yeah, yeah. you're surviving like zombie waves. But those games last forever. They take like four hours to play. And I Oof. would just have this album on repeat like the whole time I was playing it. So oh, wow. I listened to this album a bunch, just kind of like passively absorbing it. Uh, Johnny, what about you? Experience with the album? So I listened with you. Um, so cute. And then I did not listen to it again, not for any real reason, other than like we had that listening party and then it was kind of... The holidays. Like, yeah. So I didn't... I was like mostly hanging out with Jessica and doing like holiday stuff um, and listening to Christmas music, quite honestly. So I didn't revisit it until I started prepping for this episode. 
Uh, and it was nice. It was honestly nice to have that break because sure. I think during the initial listen, there were some songs that I was a little uh, harsher on than I, I, I warmed up to them after I started listening to it again for the show. I would say I had a similar experience with some harshness uh, early on. Uh, I will also say that much like um, Arnie's uh, sister, uh, Mariah did ask me if I had heard this album before I had heard this album. And I was like, no, but, and don't play it because I have to listen to it for the first time with Johnny. And she's like, can I play the single? And I was like, yes, you can play that because that had come out previous. Um, Jessica but- did the exact same thing. Yeah, Mariah was Mariah was uh, an early adopter on this too, and if it hadn't been for her, I probably wouldn't have found out about this. Yeah. What is what is both of your relationship with Miley Cyrus before this? I mean, honestly, like I knew the song "Wrecking Ball." I d- I have not kept up with her career. Mariah told me that she was married to a Hemsworth and that they mm-hmm. got divorced, and that this album is a, a bunch of it is basically all about him. the him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't. I had I had no idea. I don't know anything about her uh, personal life. I I know that one of the songs that I listened to a bunch, which is not really a Miley Cyrus song, is that mashup of the serial theme and Wrecking Ball. Have you guys heard this? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I have it's, not. It's very good. Uh, well, talk amongst yourself because I'm definitely gonna play that on YouTube real quick. Um, but, but yeah, that that was the only thing that I had had known Miley Cyrus from. I was not a big Miley Cyrus fan. I I wasn't a super big fan. There are a couple couple of her tracks just from like Can't Be Tamed. That whole album is pretty good, actually. I don't know what the album is called. Maybe it's called Can't Be Tamed. But that song in particular is great. Um, obviously, Wrecking Ball, We Can't Stop played constantly when that reminds me of like my first summer in Chicago because it came sure, out that yeah. year oh, and yeah. it was just f- absolutely everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, here and there I've, I've checked in. She did an album where like the flaming lips were just the band that she played with. And um, that was a, that was a fun <laughs> oh, album. Yeah, that's right. Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. Yeah. Um, obviously I, I am uh a sucker for her cover of Jolene. Um, I yeah, I mean Jolene's a great song to cover as well, and uh, Miley's voice uh, is amazing singing it. Uh, Johnny, I, since I don't know if you've heard this, here's a little bit of the um, serial theme mashed up to Wrecking Ball. Mail came. This is so fucking good. There are certain mashups that just get under my skin in a way that it's like, I can't hear the original anymore after I hear it. Man, remember Serial? Yeah, definitely. Adnan. So this is so funny. So, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's amazing. Uh, um, this is not a podcast. This is not a podcast where I just play YouTube videos for you guys. We will talk about <laughs> that. Would be a great show. Uh, real quick though, have you have you guys seen Keyboard Cat? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So my experience with Miley Cyrus. So I, I have this constant disconnect with other people because I don't know a lot about. Like, I love music, and it's my job, but also, like, knowing about the culture of music and, like, the artists and, like, the sure. whole, like, like that is so beyond me. And I, I learn everything pretty much secondhand. Um, and Wrecking Ball sister. came out. 
For my sister yeah. mostly, yeah, actually. Um, Wrecking Ball came out, and I loved that track. I, like, legitimately heard it and thought it was, like, so cool. Um, and also, like, I remember, like, looking up Miley Cyrus at the time, because I didn't wasn't into, like, Hannah Montana, or, like, that was, like, way after my time, you know, like, when, when that show, mm-hmm, when, mm-hmm. when all her Disney Channel stuff or whatever was happening. And... I looked up Miley Cyrus and saw she was getting like a bunch of shit just for being like sexual. And I didn't really that, you know, that didn't that kind of pissed me off because that doesn't really make any sense uh, unless I think you have the context of her as like a Disney. And even then it still doesn't make sense, but at least there's like a reason behind it. Um, But I had to just look right now to make sure I didn't know any other songs of hers. And I really don't know almost anything except Wrecking Ball and maybe like. I could recognize her other big hits if I heard them. Yeah. But I liked Wrecking Ball so much that uh, on my SoundCloud, there is a cover of it that I did that's almost like that serial theme. I did it all with... Oh, wow. um, I did it all with... with, pizzicato strings and with like music box instruments so the whole thing is like orchestral and very like very like sad almost the whole thing's very very sad yeah and we will we will be throwing a link to that in the oh, show absolutely. Notes. so please yeah, yeah. please do uh go and check out everything on arnie's soundcloud but please do check out that i'm definitely checking that out that's yeah that was phenomenal. a that was a i did um, it so long ago i i would be curious yeah, i, mean, I that, haven't listened to it in forever i'm curious to see if it holds up that was that song was like eight years old or something like that yeah, yeah. yeah i mean that was then. from i think the same album as as we can't stop yeah. so it was just like everywhere i will also say that with miley this is the first miley cyrus album that i've like listened to i know that i've heard her songs i don't think i've ever intentionally sat down to listen to a miley cyrus album before i i have listened to a few but none of them none of them super stuck with me you know there were a couple that i played every now and then but never well this is a this is a long album this is a 50 almost a 50 over 50 minute album i think or 50 minutes uh uh running time and it's 15 tracks, and there's like three bonus tracks to it. But I, I don't know, man. I, sometimes bonus tracks really feel like bonus tracks, and sometimes bonus tracks to me feel just like part of the album. These didn't feel like bonus tracks to me. I'm sorry, but they felt like just like... I know that they were like live versions, but I don't know what was going on with the recording software or recording whatever that they were using, but the live tracks on this album sound like they're studio tracks. Uh, maybe that's yeah. just Miley's fucking voice, but it, it, I think it's wild. It, I think at least one of them... I th- was like live in studio. Yeah, because it was it was like during coronavirus. Sure. I don't. I, let me. I think I can figure out which one. But um, well, well, you know, we we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get, get there. there we will definitely get to the, those. Uh, but it's 15 tracks. So let's let's jump right in and let's talk about the debut. I'm sorry. The debut is probably not there. It's not at all. It's the debut close. of the album. Of the album. <laughs> What's the first song on the album? What, what would uh, Arnie? Don't teach uh, me anything. But what what would that be? The first song on the album I, is "What the opening, Fuck Do I Know." Opening. Yeah, it's, it's just the opening track. Thank yeah. you. This is the opening track. Uh, now, Johnny, it's not "What the Fuck Do I Know." It's "WTF Do I Know," so that they can um, uh, play yeah, this that on the radio. It's "Why the Face." Uh, so, yeah. "WTF Do I Know." Here's a little bit. What the fuck do I know? Sorry, it is "What the Fuck Do I Know." <laughs> What the 
Okay, so what's everyone's uh, initial thoughts from hearing the first track of this album, WTF Do I Know? Hell yeah. Uh, this, this song absolutely rocks. This yeah. song is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> um, it's so good. This is easily a tie, or this is easily like, like yeah, in the running for my second favorite album, song on the track. On that, whatever. Wait, I'm sorry, Artie. You're going to go on the record and say this is in the running for a tie for your second favorite? <laughs> for, Honestly, it's between this it and three ridiculous. other songs for my sixth favorite song on the album. <laughs> look, look. Let, I've never ranked music before. This is new for me. Is yeah. this how you do it? Uh, no, I think this is this is legitimately one of my favorite songs on the album. It's an incredible opener, lyrically, musically. It just rocks one hundred percent. There's no other word for it. Yeah, it's it's fucking incredible. The, I love that tasty bass up top. Um, I love there's that little echoey sound on uh, "I Don't Even Miss the, You." Yeah, yeah, there's it's like Glockenspiel mm-hmm. and, and like, those uh, bells. And I think I said this, you'll probably hear a lot of, if you were in that uh, listening party, I'll probably repeat myself a lot. But there's, we just caught the tail end of it in that clip that we listened to, but there's a very, like, Queens of the Stone Age guitar solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you, they're like, <laughs> yeah. you need, you need to officially, the strings. you need to go on record with all those things, Johnny, because the listening party was not recorded. So please do repeat yourself um, from things yeah. that you did in that listening party. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, Listening to this, not being a Miley Cyrus fan, not really being familiar with her body of work besides her hits, coming into this and just hearing this song for the first time, I was like so 100% immediately fucking on board for whatever this was. I think her voice sounds fucking fantastic in this song. And just in general, I think she's got a great voice. But this is like... You know, we're, we're we're entering into kind of like a synthy poppy vibe with this album. There's those whatever those like bell chime things are. It, it, I mean, it's just orchestrated so well. It fucking rocks. Like, it's it's like getting kicked in the face. This is fucking yeah, fucking fantastic. And it's sort of interesting to talk about like the the line of genre, right? Because like if you listen to this and tell me this is a pop song, you know, I agree with you. But what? elements make it pop right like this to me is like rock right this song is mm-hmm. just straight up rock and roll and like where's the what's the overlap there between like why is this a pop song as well as a rock and roll tune you know i i think weirdly it's just because it's her if yeah, i, I mean if someone else had made this this exact track i think it would i think it would be a rock song she's a pop star so yeah. she brings pop to it. Well, but I and I and I think that that is true because I think it is like it's a pop artist doing a rock album, which is something that I fucking love because it, you know I think every people should do it more. Exp- experimentation is you take wild swings and you get big successes. I think that this is a big success. But yeah, it's like a it's it is like a it feels kind of like a seventies rock album at times, you know, or mm-hmm. or but maybe more like an eighties rock album. 80s, but it's, it feels like, heavy eighties. Yeah, it feels like a rock album. I maybe uh, I, I get like a seventies rock vibe from her voice for some reason, like yeah. vocally. Yeah, well, she's got that like that Janice, not Janice, but well, like like anything. And you know, she's just got that incredible. It's like a little raspy. gravelly, a little raspy. Yeah. yeah, but but still, I mean. But yeah, it's it, it. This is, I would say, at least the first half for sure is we're in rock album territory for sure. Yeah, um, I also love that. Like lyrically, I like the I like the lyrics on this track a lot, and I love the, the concept of a chorus being "What the fuck do I know?" is awesome. Like that mm-hmm. already is just like I love that, and I like the fact that she says, "You want an apology, not from me." 
and and like I, I I didn't go through and check this, so I might be totally wrong, but I don't think she like apologizes on this entire album. Certainly not mu- certainly not musically or anything like that. But like there's never a moment where she says sorry or anything like that, even though there are songs where she might say that she's at fault or at blame. But she never I feel like nothing about this album is apologizing. She's owned. Yeah. Which is like totally cool to and me. explaining and contextualizing, but it's it is not. yeah, and not saying sorry. It's like this is just the way it is, and what the fuck do I know? You know, there's no no apology. Yeah, there's a track later where she's like, I, f- I forget the exact lyrics, and we'll get there. But she's like, hey, if you if you want this, it's not it's not me. If you want yeah, this, yeah. it's not me. If you want this, it's not me. So yeah, it's this, kind of like this is. It feels this like this there's a lot deal. of awakening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She's just pointing out things she is and not saying sorry and just being like, and sometimes these things just don't work. You know, and throughout the whole album, I think that's a theme, sometimes very blatant. But in this first track, I think it's actually a deliberate choice for her to be like, I'm don't apologize. I'm not going to. It might be the only time she says apology in the whole, you know, 15 fucking tracks, 50 minutes. Uh, I, I will say that I, I made fun of Arnie for this before, but I, I was having a very similar time listening to this album, trying to pick my favorite song. And then all of the next, the songs that were like one step away from my favorite song, this is definitely one of them because it is so good. I think I'm predisposed to never love, like say like the first song on this album is my favorite. Yeah. It feels I, like I a cop out almost. Yeah. But but it's also, I mean, we talked about this in the Adele episode. Sometimes like the most famous song on an album, it feels like it's a cop out to be like, oh yeah, like Wrecking Ball is my favorite song on that album because it's like, of course it is. Like yeah. that it, it's just going to be. Um but yeah, uh, what the fuck do I know? I think I remember the first time I listened to this, obviously in that listening party, I was so on board and so ready to hear the rest of the album. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like, it's, so the fir- the opening of this song is just this little bass riff. It's like, like just that. Yeah. And then suddenly her vocals come in and that's when it's like a fucking jolt. Like the bass, and I'm like, oh, this is neat. What is this going to be? And then she starts singing and you immediately are like, okay, we're in fucking 12th gear and we're just going to go as fast as we can. And it feel, felt amazing. <laughs> as soon as it, the album starts that way, you kind of know it's not going to be just like another fucking yeah. pop album. Like it's it. There's not. There's no way it can be. It's it's. She's not doing pop songs right now. Which yeah. again, I'm I'm here for. I'd also like to do a quick shout out. I whoever played the bass on this album crushed it. And I can bass is one of my favorite instruments in the world. And I think about it all the time in terms of composition and arrangement and music. And this album is a masterclass in it. And I have written down my favorite bass moment in every song. And I'm just going to do that <laughs> because I, I like it. But the bass on thought that it'd be you until I die, but I let go is perfect in this track. Well, we'll have to take your word for it because we don't know what the fuck any of that stuff means. So right. let's <laughs> let's talk about track two. Uh, track two is uh, Plastic Hearts.
talked about this. Oh, you got to fade out of this guitar part. We talked about oh. this a little bit in our uh, Taylor Swift 1989 episode, which is the sensation of people writing songs about like New York City and how much they love New York City. As much as I dislike the idea of writing songs about New York City being great, the polar opposite of that, I really enjoy people writing songs about how L.A. sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think either one of them like objectively sucks. They have good things and bad things about them. But I would much rather hear songs about how like <laughs> L.A. is like vapid and yeah. like you're in black hole conversations, the sunny yeah. place for shady people. I would much rather hear that than hear songs about like I love this place. You know, it yeah. it, it, it just it clicks with me more. Yeah. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen has one, too, where she's like, uh, not too keen on LA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not too keen on LA, the Carly Rae Jepsen track. <laughs> There's a that sounds uh, like something wholesome that she would write. Equally famous artist Jonathan Colton has a song called I Hate California, too, that's very yep. similar. All right, what do we think about what do we think about uh, Plastic Hearts? The, the title track, easily a tie in the second place. Another tie for me in in, in place two. Uh, this is probably one of my probably one of my second, second favorite. Tracks. Yeah, probably one of my second favorite songs on the album. Uh, yeah, I love this track. I like lyrically. I think it does a lot of great work. Like like this album's a little all over the place lyrically for me. Um, but mm. this one I think has very strong lyrics. I like the references to other songs. You know, I like California Dreaming. I like Black Hole Conversation, which maybe isn't a reference to Black Hole Sun, but I think. I feel like she must like Soundgarden, just the way she sounds. So maybe, you know, I feel like it has to be. I like the, like, Sunrise Suffocation is just a nice lyric, uh, like, aesthetically. There's there's a lot I like about this track. See, you, Arnie, you think you she must like Soundgarden because the way she sounds. I think she must love Soundgarden because the way she gardens. I think she must <laughs> love Soundgarden because uh, she went to Cornell. <laughs> oh, freaking nice. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think, like... I don't I don't know if it's a reference to anything, but I just love I'll, I've been living at the chateau. Like I feel like you know you could just say house, right? But like, well, it's I, I, it's a hotel, the chateau. I forget what oh, it is. It's, you're a right. fam- it's, it's a famous hotel for celebrities. It is absolutely capitalized, so it is absolutely a proper a proper noun. Uh, yeah, hotel. it's like it's like the it's like the famous you know whatever. It's the L.A. hotel, like chateau, the Chelsea hotel, the Chateau Marmont. Chateau, chateau is Marmont. French for house, though, right? Yes, it um, is. More like, <laughs> or like palace, or like castle, or fancy or, house, or, or yeah, palace, palace. Yeah. And this is a fun segment of the show where we just sort of have. Let's just ask what words mean in different languages. Remembering basic French <laughs> is a, a great segment here. J'ai oublié beaucoup de français. I like this song a lot, and then I, I didn't. I part of me was a little worried. Not really at track two, but by the time we get to like track five, I was like. <sighs> Is this album front loaded too much with like, you know, the fucking the the best songs at the beginning of the album? That's definitely how I felt during the listening party, for sure. Sometimes that can be the case with albums where, you know, the the 12 track album, the best five tracks are tracks one through five. But, you know, I was just so on board for what the rest of this album would be, especially hearing, you know, hearing Plastic Hearts the the title track second because it's like in a way like i think you name your album 
your your title track means something. It's significant. It's it maybe it's not the thesis of the album, but it definitely has something to do with like your title track is not going to be one that's like wildly off theme for your album, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- this one's so good. The fucking pre-chorus is great. The chorus is great. The post-chorus, you know, I just want to feel thing is great. I love how, like, basically every song on this album has, like, a pre-chorus. That's and, so yeah, and, and, and fun and every pre-chorus on this album fucking rocks, too. They, like, like in my, even on the songs mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of, I love the pre-chorus. I think pre-chorus this song... Pre-chorus still get you pregnant. Yeah, it's still... <laughs> um, I like so much about this track. Um... And I agree also. So I never thought about the album being front loaded, but but, I mean, I do agree with that, but I was just so, I remember my first time listening to this, I was just so focused on how much I was enjoying myself that I never, never once did I doubt like, oh, this train's going to slow down, which maybe says a lot about my addictive personality. But um, I was like sitting there just like, I love this. It just kept, yeah, this, this just continued the momentum of that first track. I was like, no way this can be held up. And to me, this, this track holds it up very well. You're right. I, I'm maybe adding some revisionist history into there, too, because when I was listening to it, I was not thinking, you know, critically about, like, when's this train going to slow down? You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're absolutely right. That 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 was that was more of a second or third listen, like, sure, thought yeah. that I had about, oh, the sequencing of this album in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, can we move on? Can we go to Angels Like You? Absolutely. Track three? Let's yeah. do it. There, there was a video for this song, but it was just a lyric video that looked like a TikTok duet. It was weird. <laughs> That's <laughs> that all. Is, that is weird. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the videos. I didn't watch it, Johnny, because I, I did a quick scan to see if there was anything like official that looked like nice and produced. And, you know, I don't blame it because, you know, this came out in November and we're living in COVID times. And why would you? But uh, yeah, I didn't see anything uh, yeah. along those lines. All right. This is this is track three. This is Angels Like You. All right, that's Angels Like You. Unfortunately, this track is is not in the running for my second favorite because it is my first favorite. This track rocks. Arnie, yeah, I I was just going to say like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this world that I can just agree with you on point blank face value. I agree with you. This is one of them. This is my favorite track of the album. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it probably comes as no surprise that this was, this was, this was a fine song, but it's not definitely not my favorite. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Arnie, uh, if for and, and listeners of the show is not a fan of the ballads. He's not a fan of like the slower songs, like the power power rock songs. He doesn't care for. But sure. man, oh man, this song fucking got me. <laughs> this, this song is 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 it's amazing, astonishing. I love to be here with you for this JPC because it's got to be so nice to be two against one in this scenario i I, it's it's so nice to have backup because i know that johnny is wrong objectively wrong when he's like oh these ballads aren't very good he didn't hear the dell album it's it's, johnny we're talking 
Yeah. <laughs> Two people with the right opinions are speaking. And now. it's stupid shit. And I deal with it all the time on the show. <laughs> I understand that I have bad taste. And I, I, this is a known fact about yeah, me. We, we both do. We both have pretty bad taste. This song can can do no wrong. But Arnie Arnie is a musician, so so I gotta I gotta ask Arnie, what what is it about the song that you love? Well, there's so man, front to back, I so I think the build in this song is incredible. I think that um songwriting is about efficiency. Just like almost any art form, the goal is to make sure every element of a tune points to what it should do, right? You as the artist pick your sort of or you're inspired by your thing and your inspiration, that crystal line of what you're trying to shoot everything for, if every piece of the song points to that, I think automatically it gets to be a good song. And then if you can sort of refine that and make it so it's like that the crystal line has all these, it's a lot of bullshit I'm saying. So basically like all the words and all the music point to the same thing for me and build on themselves and, and sort of circle back and like, the emotion I get from the words mimics the emotion I feel from the music. And then, I, I don't know. I just think, aesthetically, this song is, is is I mean, really good. I, I mean, this is a breakup song. Uh, but the, the lyrics to this song, I don't think are like, they're not complex. They're not complicated. They're straightforward. The chorus, I know that you're wrong for me. Gonna wish we never met on the day I leave. That is not... That is not a groundbreaking sentiment, right? That is yeah. that is something so core to the experience of anyone that's had a breakup. Then you layer on the way that she fucking pours her heart and soul into like singing those things out. It yeah, gets me. Yeah. It fucking gets me. And yeah. and and I and I feel it. I feel I feel like every part of that. I feel being wrong for someone. I feel like being yeah. in this relationship that can't work. And then <laughs> The way that she says, baby, angels like you can't fly down here with me. It's, I, I, it feel, this feels like a fucking Aerosmith song. Yeah. This feels yeah, like, it's, this it feels does, like a 50 year old man is like, <laughs> yeah. You know, this feels like a person who has like age and wisdom and like, yeah. a life. And it's like, you know, someone who's in like a smoky bar being like, angels like you can't fly down here with devils like me. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking then- love that. She's like holding a bottle of Bud Heavy and a cigarette in the same <laughs> yeah. hand. like, And she's like, so then she's like on her way out and she turns back and says, I'm everything they said I would be. And uh-huh. then like walks out the door. It's like so perfect. I, I mean, I love the line, I'm everything they said I would be. Uh, I like, yeah, I lyrically, I agree. So this is another thing that I, I don't know how to quantify. And I'll talk about this throughout this album because I think she has this sometimes and other times this backfires. But there's something in songwriting, uh, I, I call it the gift of honesty, which is where you like the ability to say the truth in a simple way without sounding trite or cliche. Yep. Yes. Right. Yes. There's, 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 and there's, I don't know how to do that. No one really does, but you know it when you land on it. And this song does that for me. It's not too on the nose. It's just like telling the truth um, and using some metaphor and some sort of lyrical whatever to, to do that. But it's just telling the truth in a way that I think is very genuine and very, very uh, honest. 
I'll say like on its face, if you just read the lyrics for this song, I think you can easily find the sensation of being like, oh yeah, this is maybe a little too trite. It's a, a mm-hmm. maybe like a little, you know, contrived. It's a little like whatever. But I, I think the performance and the delivery of the song and then the, you know, the music and the orchestration as well really sell some lyrics that I think might otherwise be considered like a little generic, but it, yeah. it doesn't feel generic. It feels fucking, it feels special. It truly does. Yeah, and I also like the angle, you know, once again, she's she's not apologizing in this song, right? Like, this is literally just a fact, a statement of fact mm-hmm. that is like, this sucks, it's awful, you are so much better than me in every way, and I'm gonna bring you down, but it's just like what I do, so fucking live with it. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I like things like like lyrics like, I brought you down to your knees are always really nice, you know, because that's like, there's like four different things that can mean, right? Like, can mean bring you down to my level, it can be sexual, it can be religious, like like things that have like those multi-entendres are super helpful for 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 writing things like this, and they convey multiple meanings uh, very effectively. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, there's a lot in this song that just goes so well, and at the end of the day... I don't really even sit down and analyze it because I'm just so lost in it. Like, I haven't sat and thought about it. I just close my eyes and just feel whatever, you know, wistful and sad and triumphant and all the things you'd feel if you were dating someone who was so good and you were crushing them you know i i don't know it's also that that sentiment is kind of bullshit too of like you're too good for someone like me like uh, it's all that's that's so so melodramatic right so melodramatic yeah could you imagine if at the end of this song they just added a motorcycle starting (laughs) (laughs) i live for it It, yeah it should be in there if this is a music video, the person that she is leaving is also going to be like, have like an old belt buckle that just says Miley on it, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. Her old like beat up cowboy hat. Like it's. Yeah. Years later, she'd like, like this person she leaves is like sitting at the piano and looks up and sees the belt buckle and thinks about that yeah, day. Uh-huh. And that's how the video starts. Yeah. Ah, uh, so good. All right. Well, Angels Like You, we we, we all loved it. All three of us loved it. Uh, let's talk about... I agree, agree about that. <laughs> I can't wait. Now, this is funny because, Johnny, we have not hit your favorite song on the album yet, right? Uh, what the fuck do I know is... is it's potentially that potentially your favorite. It's, okay. I mean, it's okay. it's a fucking good song. So I I have a very clear number one and very clear clear number two. We have not hit my number two yet. Let's talk about uh, track four. The, uh, this is Prisoner featuring uh, Dua Lipa. By the way, for whatever reason, I thought Dua Lipa was a group. Did not know Dua Lipa was a person. Uh, familiar with some of Dua Lipa's songs, I just thought I thought it was a, a group. It is not. It's a person. My bad. Uh, nice, this yeah. is Prisoner. Prisoner. Uh, another, I, I another great track. I mean, they just keep happening. It it, it, it shouldn't be so, but the the, the momentum continues so well. Um, I like this because this is the first truly eighties 
track. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Like they're, I think all of these are very 80s, honestly, but they're kind of like subversively 80s in like they're not quite pop. Like like the other ones are like very like punky or rocky or even Angels Like You is kind of like country almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this one is clearly just like, by the way, in case you were wondering what decade this album is going to be kind of mimicking, uh, this this is a hundred percent so eighties. I mean, literally, what is it like? Prisoner, prisoner is the same as yeah. physical, physical. Right? It's 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 an identical melody line, you yep. know, to like one of the most popular eighties songs. That's um. This is the first song on the album, I think, that has kind of a direct nod to... There are a lot of times in this album, she's kind of like directly linking herself to another very uh, famous like female musician from the 80s. And apparently, Dua Lipa... Lipa? Lipa? Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa? I think it's Romanian Um, for love. uh, Is that true? That can't be true. I don't know. Google it. We can't know. Um, <laughs> she also has a song called Physical that like uses the melody yes. of the Let's Get Physical of Let's yeah. Get Physical. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's great. This one's this one's up there for me, too. Honestly, it's just it's just a yeah. lot of fun. And I don't know if any of you watched the video. No, did not. No, I've the watched video- any of these videos because I'm reviewing an album, not a video, Johnny. You, big mistake. Johnny's our video guy. <laughs> I am. I guess I am the video you, guy. You definitely which is are. Fine. <laughs> the, it's just like the two of them it, it, on like a tour bus, and then kind of like performing and a lot of like uh, sexual or not sexual, yeah, sexual stuff, um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> a lot of weird Rocky Horror mouth stuff. You know, at the beginning, where yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Like, lots of that. And then sometimes you just get a camera angle from inside a mouth. Um, <laughs> I love but that. But it it does end with a really great, just like uh, uh, I don't know, like there's just like text on the screen, and it says, "In loving memory of all my exes, eat shit," <laughs> which is God, extremely nice. good. <laughs> that is really good. Um, that's yeah, great. Just, I wish she said that at the end. Uh, right before she gets on her motorcycle. What if yeah. every song on the album just ends with like <laughs> ends someone her on starting a motorcycle? I hope. I mean, <laughs> it would fit, man. I would love it. Yeah. Then you could. Then it's more like an opera, right? Like we. we this is like a. It's like a. We're reliving the album. same scene mm-hmm. over and over again. The person always leaves on their motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this this is another one that I really like. It's it, you know the the synthy eighties vibes. I think that they do a great job. Uh, uh, Miley and Dua Lipa on this song. Um, the one thing that I just I don't know I think I might be nowadays this this pandemic has truly ruined me because uh, whereas before I was like you know I had slightly leftist politics now I'm like a full blown fucking communist and sure. I, I'm analyzing <laughs> I'm analyzing media through that lens now in a way that I you know maybe didn't as much before but I I found like there's so much like prison like prisoner prisoner and like i get the metaphor like you're a prisoner in this relationship but the i just somehow i feel like a a lot of this stuff like kind of like prison is awful like it's this awful like horrific terrible place and somehow this is like there's like all, prison in music makes it feel like more lighthearted than I feel like it deserves. Like I don't want to have like this dance track about like that's reminding me about the prison industrial complex, and it's probably just me that this is affecting. But I I found I found I found myself maybe 
maybe giving a little bit of distance from the whole prison music metaphor, whatever that is. That it's like, oh, that it's it's one of those things that I just don't need to hear anymore, I think. Um, n- not to take away from like the song, because I do think that the song rocks. I think it's like a really good sounding song. I just am a little personally, uh, that that metaphor I can lose. Like sure. I could lose p- prisons. Like I think we abolish prisons and we throw the metaphor out with it. Then half of music won't make sense. <laughs> yeah. That's why we got to keep them. I can't throw away prisons. Yeah. yeah. We, I, then Miley Cyrus's prisoner is devoid of any context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's your own criticism. And I think that's totally, I mean, yeah. Hey, I well, think if, if it's not valid, it's at least my own. And that's just, that's something that we can, we can, we can all agree official. on that. Yeah. We can all agree yeah. on that. And it is certainly yours. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, to leave on a high note, uh, why don't we talk about uh, the next track, uh, which is track five, Give Me What I Want. I like this little. Give it to me and okay, so the vocal modulation. What do we think about "Give Me What I Want"? Well, I mean, this train makes hay. I've, this train doesn't stop. It's these colors don't run. I don't know what I'm saying. It's the 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 album just keeps going. I mean, I love this track. I, I it's so sexy and so good. I, I love I, this track. I, I got to agree. I mean, it's. It's it's so fuck. You're right. The train does not stop. We are five tracks into the album, and <laughs> yeah. the, and it has not stopped yet. We're 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 barreling through, and this is another like fucking jam of a song. Yeah, it, it's um. This is such a cool like. All of the songs are very similar, but then some of them are really different too. Like this one is is very like that 80s 90s like industrial yeah vibe uh and it's so cool how it's all still sort of in that 80s you know if this were like a concept album that was like the 80s as an album or whatever um i think so it's had oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say it's it's like on theme but still very different from anything else we've heard on the album before i I think this had one of the first uh, this this whole album, the first time I listened to it, I loved it. I think that the chorus intro here with the drums and the and the fact that the I don't need a future, the, the I comes in half a beat early uh, musically, I think I gasped out loud when I heard that. To me, it like, it like shock. I loved it. I literally was like moved by that choice. Like it was literally, it rocked so hard. And like that specific moment just like stood out to me as incredible. Are those are those drums sampled from? Uh, they sure sound like it, don't they? Yeah, in the air tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, they they sure sound like it. If they are not sampled, then it was someone going. I'm just going to recreate it. I mean, it's clearly that, but it's just. Oh wow, that is wild. Yeah, it totally is. 
Um, yeah, the, I mean, the, it's, it's identical. The riff is identical. The line that got me in this is the the way that she sings that pleasure leads to pain. To me, they're both the same. Ugh. Because that, again, I, and I'm, I'm landing on this now just from talking about it, but sometimes the lyrics in this album, they're not really complex. They're, 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 they're a little bit like... Um, Oh, uh, what is it like? A pleasure, uh, pleasure leads to pain. To me, they're both the same. Like that, that, that feels like um, not. I guess like rote. Like it feels just kind of like cliche or something. Yeah, cliche in in a way. But but man, the way that she delivers it, it 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 kind of takes me. It takes me completely out of the kind of mundane nature of those lyrics and just. Yeah, I don't know. Well, she really does play to her strengths, right? Like she plays to, I mean, literally you could call these lyrics wrecking ball-esque. You know, she's literally just coming in as hard and fast and saying the truth. And, you know, if it it all matches up, I mean, it is high risk, I think, you know, in terms like musically to just like be honest and say how you feel and hope that it doesn't come across as trite or like to, you know, as at least with poetry, you can hide behind, Oh, I used alliteration and assonance. And just cause you don't get it. But like, this is literally just her bearing herself and being like, this is how I feel. And I think that's awesome. It reminds me a lot of watching someone do like stand up comedy or improv or whatever, where like two or three people can say the exact same thing. And what, and you just have to have like that delivery and the timing. And exactly charisma to fucking sell it. And it it can just, someone can say something so innocuous, but if you say it just right, it can destroy or, or destroy comically or yeah. um, Singing it just right. I don't know. Yeah. I I love that. That's 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 so great. Yeah. It's that it factor. We don't know how to quantify it, but we know it when we see it. And like that, you know, she clearly has it. I mean, I mean, all over this album is that sort of technically this shouldn't work. You know, like maybe not to, it shouldn't, but it should be hard. It would be hard for anyone else to make work. And she just Mm -hmm. slammed, like, like it's not even effort for her. Now I'll say this, we are now five tracks into this album. And so Mm -hmm. what I was worried about a little bit is second favorites. Yeah. (laughs) Is, is front loading, right? We're front loading. So let's talk about track six um, and see if my theory holds. This is track six. This is night crawling. And this one is featuring Billy Idol. If you don't know Billy Idol, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I gotta hear Billy Idol say, "Come on." Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a uh, that's track six. That's night crawling. Absolutely out of control. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still on this train. Till I die, you know, like at this point, yeah. I, 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 this would be a song where like, if someone was like, this is where I'm getting off the train, I would push them out of it. I'd be like, this, this you're song rocks. Yeah. yeah. You're a fool. If this is where you leave. <laughs> this, this, this is my second favorite. And it was oscillating between being my favorite because it's so fucking good. It's, uh, it's extremely good. It's got, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, you obviously, she doesn't need any help making a song fucking no. awesome. And then it's just like, oh, and also Billy Idol's <laughs> yeah, here. It's, that it's, it's, rules. 
Yeah. And my my only note for this song was I don't know what this is about, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. My my I have no idea what night crawling is. <laughs> Johnny, no. this song, I I went and created a Spotify playlist called Halloween Music and and added this song to it because I was like I just want to I need to remember that come next Halloween this yes. is a Halloween song. I don't know why, yeah. but it is. It's a it's a it's a one hundred percent spooky season Halloween song. I think it, yeah. the '80s in general are kind of weirdly spooky. Yeah, I mean, Thriller came out of it for the love of God, you know. <laughs> I I agree with you, Johnny. I agree that that she does not need Billy Idol to be you know to make this song or to make this a hit. But we have, and by we I mean the collective music culture, have had access to Billy Idol. Billy Idol still <laughs> with us. White Wedding Guy still with us. Yeah, <laughs> every artist has had access to Billy Idol. Why have they not been taking him and putting him on the tracks? Billy Idol, I need you to come on the track. What do you want me to do? I just need to say, come on, and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all we need from you, Billy. And everyone could be doing this. Yeah, it, It's unreal. It's unreal. Taylor Swift, yeah, I, Lizzo, you ha- get, pick up a phone. You, have you can an have obligation. this for free. <laughs> well, not, maybe not for I free. Could, I could listen to Billy free, Idol yeah. say... Uh, sometimes something, you know, like the, yeah, the, in the verses, whatever like, he says sometimes next. Sometimes my thoughts are <laughs> yeah, violent. Like yeah. it, I could listen to him just listing things for an hour. I, yeah. I, if I could have one person, one person being my personal <laughs> trainer, it would be Billy Idol because I know that if I was like fucking floored out, I have nothing left to give. Uh, come on, come could on. like make me just give that much more. No, I, I fucking yeah. love this song. This song is so fun. It's it's got a spooky vibe. Miley and Billy Idol sound fucking great together. Yeah, they should get I married. I love that they, they say disco married. ball. <laughs> I love that they say disco ball. Like, there's something so funny yeah. about saying disco ball in a hit from 2020, but it fits so well. And this, well, this, it's got that like disco drum beat. Oh yeah, the four on the floor. Yeah, it, it does. Doom, it does. Doom, 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 so. Doom. Here's the chorus to this song. Night crawling, sky falling, gotta listen when the devil's calling. Can't shake motorcycle it, I'll taste noise. it. When it's yelling out my name, I chase it. Johnny, you're um, right. What is this motorcycle. song about? It means it means nothing and it fucking rules. It's just it's just like they they had a bunch of like weird, spooky, badass lines, and they were like, Well, these don't really fit together. No. But they're Sometimes all spooky my and cool. Are violent. So, yeah. Uh, yeah okay the, the, the billy idol yeah in his in his lyrics uh in that verse he's just like he's just like saying shit that is like <laughs> sometimes my thoughts are violent sometimes they bring me to the light it's like hey man that's wild shit yeah, those are the two what? types of thoughts you have yeah which which the billy two, are we two genders today? <laughs> yeah the one sometimes i sit in ass. silence sometimes i'm running for my life it's like <laughs> yeah. jesus maybe like sometimes watch some netflix like yeah Sometimes I watch, watch some, some Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> Sometimes a bagel I have for lunch. <laughs> Sometimes I'm drinking Diet Sprite. Uh, I, I love this. I, this I, I, that's actually my new favorite game is to sing lines like Billy Idol just having like, you know that warm up game like, uh, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be the Billy Idol warm up game. Um, when improv is back, it's never coming back. Uh, no, this song is great. It's, it's an absolute fucking bop. I love it so much. Um, and I'm I'm having a great time with this album, but guys, we're only six tracks in, so we have to move on. <laughs> we were we could we're we're we can just fan out to Miley forever. But let's talk about track seven. This is Midnight Sky. 
All right, what do we think? Midnight Sky. Not a station in sight. We still flying, baby. I mean... I love this, because Midnight Sky is something you would be night crawling under. Yeah. I don't know. Uh This song feels like a spiritual successor to the previous track. Like, literally, it feels, like, so similar. Also, she's so much braver than I would ever... I will never put the words, I was born to run in a chorus of a song, ever. (laughs) But she... Like, like, just like all you're doing is being like, oh, you want to compare yourself to Bruce Springsteen? Well, also, she's like, yeah, I don't care. Do, and she fucking saying does. she was born to run in a chorus while also doing Edge of Seventeen in the same chorus is like out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> it's so much. I love. I it. mean, the album has a theme, and and you know, the, <laughs> she has a couple things in this album that I'm like, oh. That's like you just that's straight up lifted from, you know, somebody else. But it, it is it's 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 done in such an obvious way that it's just it's completely an homage, uh, well, right? Well, and then later on one of the bon, bon, not bonus tracks, but whatever tracks is her and Stevie Nicks doing this song. So it's like doing She was obviously yeah, yeah, cool yeah, with yeah. it. Mashing them together, um, yeah. Thi- this yeah. or so coked out of her mind that she was like whatever's good. <laughs> this dude. is uh this is probably my favorite. <laughs> this song is just yeah. just off the rails. This is surprising, I, Johnny, because this is kind of like it, it's not a ballad, but it has like a, that epic vibe to it. That I don't know. I I just I don't think I would uh, I would have paid you. This for, is a for song that makes me want to drive around at night, which I think I also said in the in the listening party. But th- this is like yes, just absolute yeah. like I agree with that. Dri- driving at night through like a city. Where there's like nobody else out, but you still yeah. have like the city lights somehow. Yeah, it's like Miami. You're yeah. in a convertible, and the yeah. and the top is down. And yep, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so perfect. Which, yeah, by the that's... way, when uh, last not not 2020, 2019, when uh, Mariah and I went to Miami for Christmas, that's where her family is from. Uh, we were walking out of the um, or walking through the rent a car place, and as we were walking to our car, which was a compact car, um, this guy was like, "Free upgrade, free upgrade, convertible, convertible." And I was like, "Absolutely!" And then we yeah. got a convertible, and we absolutely did a lot of like, I've never driven a convertible before, but it was uh, we're in Miami, just like top down, night sky. Oh boy! Uh, so yeah. I've lived that. I've lived. That That's life. the dream. Damn, damn. If only this song had been out when Ooh. I was night crawling, featuring Billy Idol. Night crawling under a midnight sky. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so good. I love this track. There was and a video. Then, um, yeah. Oh, I, um, I just okay. got to check into the no, the, please, video, the video corner. Um, yeah, throwing it to our video guy in the field. <laughs> uh, it's just her singing in a few different places and alone. <laughs> I think that they just said we need a video, and All she right. said okay. What's the easiest video to I do mean, in COVID? Straight times? up, yeah. He's singing alone. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, cool. Well, check it out. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, track eight. Uh, this is high. Sometimes I get a little too hurt. Come on, I'm going places anyone I go. Here's the outro. Uh, okay, so what do you guys think about High? 
something I like about this track a lot is that for a brief moment, for the briefest of moments, this track starts, and I think, okay, the pace is coming down on this album, and then this chorus hits like a fucking truck. I mean, it's like, it is a slower song. It is a slow jam, kind of. And then the chorus is just so powerful that it's like, no, we're still, in fact, I mean, I, I, this is serious. This is legitimately one of my favorite songs on the album. They all are, Ernie. It's not special if they're all your favorite, okay? No, but they, this to me felt like the start of side B on this album. Yeah. And I didn't know that at the time when I was first listening to it that this would feel that way to me. Um, I thought, okay, great. Now we're, we're, we're pretty deep in the album. We're just going to get a slower track. We're going to get right back into it. Um, but I, you know, the more I listened to this album, the more this mm-hmm. song grew on me in a way that when I, when I first heard it, I, I was a little bit kind of, it kind of lost me a little bit because it didn't sound like the rest of the tracks on this album. But I got to really say, man, I, I, I'm into this song. I really am. Like, I think that, I think that she sings the hell out of it. Like, you know, sometimes I get a little hurt. I uh, got my mind going places I didn't want to go. Like we're we're getting like lower. We're 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 slowing down and getting a little more introspective in this song. And I'm here I, as for far it. as ballads on the album go, I I do like this one better than Angels Like You. Um, I, I fucking stupid shit to say. And insane, uh, but the uh, there was one lyric that really stuck out to me, and it was I don't miss you, but I think of you and don't know why. That's. Yeah, that's, that's so good, awesome. and it's it's yeah. like, I I am a very nostalgic person, and I feel that way about like every every single thing. It's like like uh, especially like where I'm from, I don't miss it, but then sometimes I'll just like think about it and be like, oh, that there's there are nice things, even though I hate everything about something, there are still nice comforting things there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that lyric stands is probably one of my. I mean, maybe I'm going to say it's my favorite it's lyric so on the album. Uh, it's yeah, so it really it's is so beautiful, it really and it's is like good. the the sentiment is so nice. Um, musically speaking, you guys can plug your ears. I'm going to talk about music for a second. Um, this song is not in a traditional meter, which is kind of cool for pop music. Well, it kind of is, but like most music, you count right one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, and this one gets broken. The beats get broken up. It's not in four. It moves into three or five outside of those fours. So it gives it this sort of interesting. It's not common in pop music for that to happen. It's not incredibly complicated, yeah. but it is just. I was thinking the same thing. And I love for that. sure. Yeah, same, same. Uh, all right, yeah. let's <laughs> let's talk about track nine. This is Hate Me. Arnie, how do you feel about that bass line right there? Incredible. Very good. Um, yeah, Hate Me was another one that I was like, when I first listened, I was like, oh, okay. So this is this is what I thought a Myra Lee Cyrus album would mm. be more a little bit more. Because it's like I agree with that. More like poppier or countryer. 
But man, it fucking grew on me too. Like hate me and hide both they both grew on me to the point where I'll be honest, I started to look forward to these songs and not like when I first listened I was like, "Oh no, I miss I miss Plastic Hearts." Like, get let's get back to the rock shit. But I do. I I like Hate Me. This is I have the exact same comments you had on High. This was the first track when I heard it I was like, "This is a skip." And I Listened to it a few times, and I honest to God thought it was a skip until maybe like a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, and now I like this song. It's still not my favorite on the album, but it's saved by a few things. I think it has an incredible pre-chorus. I love the last line of the chorus, but this is a great example of the double-edged sword of the gift of honesty. JPC, you have the lyrics pulled up, right? Oh, yeah. I, um, I, I can, can you, read them. You just read read the chorus out loud. Yeah, it's, it's I want to hear you say these words. It's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I wonder what would happen if I die. I hope all of my friends get drunk and high. Would it be too hard to say goodbye? I hope that it's enough to make you cry. Maybe that day you won't hate me. Yeah, see, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that sucks a lot. Uh, and, and it's honest, once again, right? So th- you can't falter for not telling the truth. But there's something this this chorus does not have that the other songs did have. Um, lyrically, I just think this one is pretty bad. But musically, I think it's saved by a lot of very cool musical choices made by the band and by the arranger. I, I also really love the delivery of "Maybe That Day You Won't Hate Me." Yeah, um, that's incredible. It's yeah. the the, the I, uh, is there a term for like that kind of like shriek or scream singing that is? Mm, it's just I don't that. know. Probably. Yeah. I don't know it, it though. Yeah, we we talked about this on the uh, Adele episode as well. But yeah, I, I it, it lyrically it's Belting. bad. Yeah, it's bad. But but musically it's not like in that go ahead you can say that I've changed baseline part. Yeah. But so I was the good. same way. It, it was it was it was not a track that I liked, and it's not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. But I do like it. I I do. It, it's not bad to me anymore. This speaking of belting, this is some some belting or whatever um, where you're kind of like blowing out your voice that I can get behind. Uh, when yeah. she when she does it, I like it it much more than like when when Adele tends to do it. Um, yeah, I love this belting. I, and yeah. like musically, this song, I can't put my finger on why, but it had a very like like two thousandsy vibe, and it also felt weirdly like Beatlesy to me. And I I don't know oh. why, but those two things definitely like huh. felt present for some reason. I think I'm I'm gonna make a guess that it's the drums. I think I think the drum beat is incredibly two thousands. Mm. It's like boom, 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 and it feels very like the whole album is so. The drums on this album are are astonishing. Like the on they're so eighties. They're so huge and yeah. epic. And this one feels like a ve- like a drum kit in a soundproof room. Just yeah, yeah. It sounds like like the beginning of like a MIDI keyboard doing it to me. To me, the the drums are very generic on this track, and they sound very two thousand to me. The Beatlesy stuff, I think, is probably like I said. Like I think the pre-chorus to this is awesome. The drowning in my thought that like that jump that I know it's not mm-hmm. on your mind. Like that's really nice. That the, those the, those are really cool. Um, but yeah, this is the first track that I think when I first listened to it, this was a skip. Oh, and now I now I actually like it. Yeah, when I first listened to it, I was like, "What am I listening to now?" Like, what? No, I don't want to listen to this album. Go back. Um, speaking of uh, going back, let's listen to track ten. This is uh, "Bad Karma" featuring Joan Jett. Uh-huh. 
All right, what do we think about bad karma? This one definitely needs motorcycle out. I, this yeah, one, we're, to me, sounds very motorcycle out. We're back in the mix here. Um, I really like the kind of droning drums. Um, and I really like... I mean, I, as far as I could tell, Joan Jett kind of only says, uh-uh, uh-uh, the whole time. <laughs> and uh, I love it. Did, did she have a couple lines in the chorus or or somewhere? Does she sing on? I think she sings in verse two. Mm. Um, she sings those. She sings the second verse, except for the "I never learned my lessons." I think. I yeah, I never learned my lessons, so I always do it twice as both of them. Yeah, but she, she. So I guess she is singing a little bit, and then she's singing in the chorus as well. I I'll be honest with you guys. This is this is one. It's not my least favorite on the album, but it's 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 a bottom barrel one for me. Something in this song loses me. I don't know if it's the uh 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 thing that I just don't don't like care for, but I don't know or maybe I don't know what it is. I I I I feel like to not like the Miley Cyrus Joan Jet song on the album is like I'm going to get canceled for this, of course, but it's, <laughs> this, this is it. Just yeah. doesn't It just doesn't do it for me. This one just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, let's get her singing with a man again. I don't I don't I don't I mean I hate to have that opinion but I think that the I think that Nightcrawling with Billy Idol sounds so like iconic and thematic and stuff to me and this like I just feel like maybe I, I it wasn't it it just wasn't it I think me. that Miley Cyrus could have done Nightcrawling or whatever it's what the Nightcrawl Night Midnight Sky Nightcrawling midnight- Nightcrawling. Nightcrawling. Well, Midnight Sky is the other one, but Nightcrawling is Nightcrawling. the big adult one. Miley Cyrus could have done Nightcrawling on her own. I think she could have done this track on her own as well. I don't think anyone else but Billy Idol could have done Nightcrawling with her. I think I think yeah. that some I think this could have kind of been anyone. It didn't it this there's nothing like super Joan Jetty about this, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I mean Besides the fact that she is singing on it, and that is Joan Jetty. Like I, I kind of get what you what you mean, but I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really like analyze this one too hard because I just didn't really like it, and I didn't want to like dwell on it too much. If that yeah. makes well, it's sense, credited, it's credited as Joan Jet and her band, right? So I think this is this is just the Blackhearts with with Miley Cyrus fronting it, mm. like which is I think the sound is very. I think the huh. sound is very Joan Jet, but I don't know. I don't know a lot about Joan Jet, but 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 this this sounds like it was like written. This sounds like it could be like a track written in the nineteen seventies, like in the back of a room, you know, like like a. I don't know. I I like this track. I really do. Um, and it grew on me more the more I listened to it. And I do not have the same impulse. To cancel myself, so I really, in fact, I love this track. I fucking love it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I really Brave. do. I really do like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, really I don't. Do like maybe track. if I listen more. I mean, I've listened to this album a lot, but this is this is always a, a, a low point for me for for whatever reason. Um, meh. and that's fair. Let's rock. Let's speaking of uh things that are fair. Let's move on to track eleven. This is never be me.
What do we think about Never Be Me? This is an example to me of a song that didn't find that crystal thought. Um, I don't know. This one, this is my skip for sure. I like the lyrics. I do. Musically, it never lines up for me. It never gets to the place I think it wants to be. How I said, like, songwriting is efficiency. Everything points in a direction. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are so many small parts to this song that, to me, don't work, that the song as a whole doesn't work. Um, yeah. And that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the chorus is really great in this song. I, I, I like the chorus. If you're looking for stable, that'll never be me. If you're looking for faithful, that'll never be me. Um, but it, it the, the rest of the song, I kind of, like... I don't really know what it's about, you know, in a way that the chorus feels very clear to me. Um, Also, you know, she starts this song off with, and I said this in the listening party, I know I do this every time I walk the line, I play with fire, and I'm like, okay, so we're just doing a Johnny Cash song now? Is that like, yeah, yeah, we're just walking the line and playing with fire and like... eh. Yeah, that doesn't work. Like, like, I think the first half of the chorus works well. I think the second half doesn't. Like, I don't like the hard as I try, I play with fire returning. Like, that feels forced to me, and it also doesn't make sense to, like, add a new rhyme. When you have four lines in a row that rhyme with me, and then you add a second try-fire rhyme at the very end, yeah. and it's not even really a rhyme. Yeah. Like, it just, it's out of place for me. It sounds so jarring, and it, like, drags me out of the song. Johnny? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be consistent with my sort of deal and say that this is my favorite slow song on the album. Um, this is absolutely what? my kind of like, <laughs> like ballady slow song. What on earth? Um, what this, this made me, this made me, I mean, this made me want to dance at prom, you know, I, I, fuck? I fucking like this song a lot. I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm more on Johnny's side than I'm on Arnie's side. Arnie said like a bunch of musical mumbo jumbo for why he didn't like the song. And it fucking what? probably made sense to his little like artist circles where they drink tiny ass little fucking coffees. <laughs> but for me. <laughs> For me, I liked. I it's not a skip. I I, I like this uh, way more than Bad Karma. At least at least when we, I'm hearing this, I'm like, okay, so we're back in like High and Hate Me. We're, we're and we're not doing, you know, the the Bad Karma. But all of a sudden, High, Hate Me, Bad Karma, Never Be Me. I'm like, oh fuck, we're the the album is like, the train is coming to like a very slow stop. Like it's it the yeah. album has changed at this. In point. my head, I have just gotten in a fight. I I've been in a fight with my girlfriend. I'm I'm driving under the midnight sky to blow off steam and mm-hmm. I decide that you know what I'm going to turn back around and I'm going to go to prom. I show up this song in the middle of this song to get that last dance in. That's that's what's going on in my life. The so you're going to choose the the song about how it's not going to work as your prom song? Well, none of these songs are about it working. And Johnny, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. You can go ahead and pay for therapy on your own time. Like, you don't have to bring that kind of stuff <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a service you can go seek out. Um, speaking of seeking things out, let's seek out track 12. This is Golden G-String. Dude.
Okay. Golden G-string, thoughts? I mean, it's, it's too trite. I, I, again, this is this is the, the honesty backfiring. She's very blatantly on the nose, like talking, like she's apologizing for her early career almost, which is so non, doesn't feel like it should be on this album at all. I don't understand. It's not really an apology, this. though, right? It's it's because it, she's not an explanation. Yeah, you're right. It's an explanation. Yeah, it's, an, right. it's it, an explanation of what she's done before. And I I think once again, like this is the hard part about. I don't want to criticize what she says because, like, I I think that what she says is true and and valid, but I think the way she says it is unartful for some reason. And um, once again, the song just doesn't quite work for me. I mean, it doesn't really even come close to working for me. I don't like these last two songs really at all. I consider these the last two. I know there's covers, but yeah, but, um, I think both of these are just not. This great. one's a it's it's a little long. It has a fade out, uh, and then like <laughs> like five or six seconds of just silence at the end, which was mm-hmm. I mean maybe that's to say like this is the end of the album. The yeah. Then then there's the the not bonus bonus tracks. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Th- this this song is a weaker one for me as well. I mean, it, immediately like the song starts and the first line is "I woke up in Montecito. I was thinking about my life," and I'm like, "What?" Like, I don't know. It's th- there. Are, there are certain things where it, I I don't know if for whatever reason I just like wasn't buying it. I I, I think maybe this song. The song sounds good. Like I do kind of like the the kind of like countryish twang to it, but something about it, yeah, it just kind of loses me. And it's also called like <laughs> it's it's called Golden G String, which yeah, bad title. Yeah. It's a yeah. bad title and it and it makes me think the song is going to be like way different than it is. And there's also like a, you know, the what what is the line in there? So the madman's in the big chair where I'm like, okay, so there's like a Trump thing in here as well. <laughs> yeah, that's know. true. I didn't even think about that. I, I that, oh man, Madman in the big chair. I don't know yeah, what else that could be. True, that that yeah. feels like Trump. Well, to me. and then I mean, to me, this whole song was kind of like. Uh, there's this line: "You dare to call me crazy? Have you looked around this place?" It, to me, it feels like she's <laughs> she's saying like, uh, "I'm getting all of this criticism for basically being a pop yeah. star and doing the things that pop stars do, and I'm supposed to be fucking weird and obnoxious, but like all of the people who are supposed to be serious." are being worse like are worse than I am. Yeah. So yeah, I do think I do kind of agree that it's like okay, this is a Trump thing and I I get what this song is about. It's just not my favorite like song. It's, it's right? like Yeah, I don't think I'd ever listen to this. It's yeah. also a outside of a strange like last track. It's really fucking weird. I, I don't know, it's man. Very weird. I think the last track. It's like the ten to midnight sketch in SNL. Like fifty percent of the time, that last track can lose me on an yeah. album because it's like it's a closing track, quote unquote. You know, it's this is a track to end an album, and sometimes it's like, hey, I never want this train to stop, so don't ever end this album. Circle back and just play. Yeah. What the fuck do I know again? But it's, oh my god, book please. into the album with that song. It is so funny that you called it the ten to midnight sketch. That's how I know that you grew up in the Midwest because. On the East Coast, it was the ten to one. 
Oh, I, um, I, huh. I, I absolutely should have said 10 to 1. I grew up on the fucking Indiana, which is... Yeah, you oh, wait, you are, just, in, you are in Eastern yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah, That's funny. And now, we're in Central Time now, so I'll cut all this out. 10 to midnight, that's that's right. It is 10 to 1. That's... Oh, God, I fucked up the comedy thing. Okay, let's talk about some of these bonus tracks. Uh, because, yeah. again, these bonus tracks are fucking bangers. Uh, yes. So let's talk about the yeah. Edge of Midnight. This is the Midnight Sky remix uh, featuring Stevie Nicks. Oh, yeah, the breakdown. Oh, I mean, there's not much to say about this. Shoot this one directly into my fucking veins. Like, this is a fucking jam. Yeah, so it's, good. I am so happy they included this. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so unreal. Amazing. It's unreal. It's. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I had, like, no notes for any for these last three songs. It's just like these yeah, songs no, just absolutely nothing, fuck. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Her voice on this whole album, even on those two tracks that I don't like, Never Be Me and Golden G String. She sounds so good. Yeah. And she sounds she sounds like somehow one tick better on these covers. Like, I think she sounds perfect throughout the whole album. And then these covers somehow she just like turns one thing on. Or not I mean, like, I guess this isn't technically a yeah. cover, kind of, but she, yeah, a cover remix. She yeah. could she could fucking destroy Mary Had a Little Lamb, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah oh, I yeah. would I would be Oh, I'd be so invested. Um, let's listen to this next one. This is track fourteen. Uh, this is now the the last two. I think are both live tracks. Yeah. Um, this is live from the iHeart Festival, which I think must be like an in studio live, maybe. Um, but but this is a uh, Heart of Glass. I mean, yes. Yeah. Like, it, the train has it's just fucking, sort of returned, and now it's flying through the fucking air for some reason. God, I love I th- this. I mean, yeah. this is so good. And she sounds fucking excellent. Most live music sounds like absolute dog shit because, <laughs> uh, you know, music is so produced and their voices are so, like, changed and altered or whatever, but... God, she sounds good. She also, this. at the very end, she ends with, like, a fucking awesome, like, scream. That's, I mean, just out of this <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I am not usually a fan of covers. I mean, there are plenty of exceptions, but in general, covers often feel kind of unnecessary to me. Sure. These two covers, I could, I would love a whole album where she just does this. The, yeah. the thing that I think about covers is sometimes people really do it in their own way. And sometimes people really just want to like do an homage to the song that they really love this song. Miley Cyrus's voice is so unique mm-hmm. for a pop star that I could listen to her do 
any of these, like g- pick any 70s or 80s rock song, do a cover of it and put Miley Cyrus. It can be a plain one-to-one cover. I'm still going to be very entertained by it. I, I, tr- I truly think that she is like, these covers are yeah. so good. So I normally find covers that are just remakes of the original with no like new arrangement or new take on them. I normally find them pretty boring. And both of these are pretty much pitch perfect original like covers and they rock so hard that I that I like I like forget all the prejudices and rules that I have for these two specifically because I just think they they hit hard. I I I I mean like I would listen to her cover album. I fucking would. Now, yeah. We're going to play this last song. This is track 15 on the album. This is this is the last one. Like I said, it's a long album and this uh, the episode ran long, but I will tell you what. I could lose the first 14 songs on this fucking album if I only had this song. If she didn't put out an album and she just put out her cover of Zombie by the Cranberries, I would be fucking I'd be ecstatic. I'd be so happy. I wow. I would have chosen this as my favorite, but it felt unfair to the rest of the album. Seems unfair to do, but yeah, this is I I don't know, man. First of all, I fucking love this song. This, this is, is such one a of my good favorite song. songs of all time. And her version of it well, let's listen to it. This is a uh, Zombie live from the Neva NIVA yeah, uh, Save Our Stages Festival. Okay, I mean, God, it's visceral, this, this man. Is, Z- Zombie is maybe one of my like top ten favorite songs. Honestly, me too. It's it's an incredible song uh, to begin with, and then, I mean, she just does it. I, 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 I think that Zombie, um, in in it, it, it shares like the same kind of space in my head because they're kind of about the same thing as U uh, two Sunday Bloody Sunday, um, where. I maybe could listen to bands cover those two songs. Like I know the Troubles were obviously the Troubles, um, and and very bad, but th- some great music came out of them. And not not to say that that's like a you know justification, but one thing I fucking love about Zombie. Well, I, the things that I love about Zombie, um, they fucking wail. Like the 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 song Zombie fucking wails. It's like a rocking song. It's also like an anti-war song, and there are not a lot of really good fucking rocking anti-war songs. Like I love anti-war yeah, it music. Is, they're it often is very like, by, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, they're often very like l- not lame, but uh, flaccid. Yeah, and they they. And and for for like anti-war, like Bob Dylan is you know what I go to for that. But they're not like 
I don't know. They just don't have like this has so much passion in it. I I could go on and on about, and maybe one day we'll do a cranberries. Album I would on the love show, that. We we must. But this is such a fucking good cover, and it. You're right, Arnie. It's not. She's not doing any uh, anything that different with it. It's just that she's doing it really well. She's doing it incredibly. Like like and like. I don't. I I like the song Zombie, but I'm not like a huge. I'm not like you. It's not like one of my top ten songs. But this cover is like like. I can't. I don't even know if I can listen to the original. Like this is just so good to me. I would love. She she is someone who I would love to hear. You know how you can you they're like oh Britney Spears isolated vocals and it, it yeah kind of yeah. sounds like shit because whatever yeah I yeah. would love to just hear. I could listen to this whole album just her isolated vocals. You know like well see what we can do. I might be able to find those. <laughs> Arnie's on the case and I think I, again I would love to listen to that too because my, I would dollars to donuts that's gonna be pretty fucking fantastic um yeah okay so we've we've talked we talked a lot about this album uh I I would say that I I recommend people oh, listen to this absolutely album. you you you, mm-hmm. you simply must but and I've been I've actually recommended these to like a lot of like uh friends just personally like you have to listen to this um let it's it's time to uh, review this and and Arnie on the show on Bill Buds. What Johnny and I have to do, our mission is to catalog our Bill Buds top 100s uh, personally. So we have to place this in our top 100 songs, or we decide if we should place it in our top 100. And if we do, we have to pick a place for this to live in our top 100. Now, since you were a guest, the burden is off of you for that. But we simply want to know: Do you think this song would be in your top 100? And if so, where do you think it would land? It's a song. I think I think I said song. I meant album. Yeah. Uh, I think definitely this is in my top 100. I love this album, and I love everything about this album. Um, I think I would probably put it in the 40s. Okay. Some, somewhere, I'm going to say like, 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 like 47. 47. 47. Okay. It's yours. I'm... 47 is is where I think I would rank this. I I can go next, Johnny. So so one thing about this is in my reviewing is like I didn't have any skips on this album. I grew to be able to listen to all, all these songs. Even though Golden G Strings not my favorite, I, I I listen to it. I still I still will listen to it. It's it's I I don't need to skip any song on this album to truly enjoy it. And I think that that is definitely the mark of an album that deserves to be on my top 100. It's also an album that came out, you know, in November of last year. So this is not an old album. It's really hard when I don't have like a history with an album for me to say like, oh yeah, this is going like high up on my list, but it's definitely going on my top 100. I'm putting this one at 29. Wow. I kid you not. I fucking love this album. This is album is so good to me now it could possibly be the case that i just don't i don't have 100 albums that are you know that my top 100 because i'm not as musically literate as i could be but man i was just doing like percentile math i was like this has got to be in the top 30 30th percentile of of albums for me it has to be so i i I hedged my bet a little bit and threw it and at 29 but man i fucking i fucking had a great experiences with this um johnny what about you I, I struggled with this, not because it's not a fantastic album, because it is. But like you said, it's very new. I haven't had a lot of time with it. And um, she has a lot of other albums. 
And I'm, you know, I've listened here and there, but never like critically. So I, sure. I could see the potential for something else that she's done also being on here, um, which is fine if she has more than one. I mean, she's been around for a long time, so it's not. Um, yeah, it's not crazy. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I did put it on here. Uh, I'm going to put it at 87. 87. It's a good year. Johnny, you are so <laughs> close. You almost you almost did it again. You are one off from another one of the fucking albums that you have put <laughs> on here. That's that is I it's wild to me. Arnie, Johnny <laughs> Johnny yeah. keeps placing we can't see each other's list, so he keeps placing them so close to his last ones. Uh, <laughs> all right, Plastic Hearts is 87 for you, Johnny. Um I, I'm assuming everyone would recommend that people listen to this album. Absolutely. I mean, yes. this after listening to this album and watching the videos, I genuinely thought, should I get a mullet? Because she has a, a fantastic mullet. And I looked up pictures of yeah. mullets. So, yeah, I think everyone should listen to this album and get a mullet. Damn, that's a review right there. Yeah. <laughs> album makes you get a mullet? Fuck. <laughs> uh, well, we we, uh, we loved the album. It, it made all of our top 100 lists. And, a, and pretty wild differences between me and Johnny. We're like 50, 50 uh, uh, albums apart from each other. But boy, I fucking love this album. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. So, Arnie, I got to ask, uh, is there anything besides uh, the Wrecking Ball uh, cover version that we're linking in the description that you would like to plug? Uh, well, while you're in, uh, stick around on my SoundCloud and uh, check out all the other themes I've written for various shows and podcasts, including this very show right here. Um, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Arnie Parrot because anything else of interest I do will be posted there. Uh, I actually make an appearance on Arnie's SoundCloud as well, so I would like to go ahead and That's plug um, <laughs> a version of a cake song that Arnie orchestrated that I sing. So if you're on his SoundCloud, uh, go look for that cake song that he pulled from a clip from an episode of Hey Riddle Riddle. Um, Johnny, do you have anything to plug? Nah. Hey, me neither. So with that, Arnie, thank you so much for being here. You're an official Bill Bud now. Uh, You join the ranks of uh, uh, our other great guests like uh, Tyler Davis and Arnie Parrott. So you're you're officially a Bill Bud. Uh, And to all all of you out there in Bill Bud's land, we tip our hats to you and we wish you a fond farewell. Wow, thanks for playing this out, Arnie. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I gotta go home. I'm really hungry. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, and them bill buds. Real, real ones.